I am Elle Penelope, author of Epic Fantasy and Paranormal Romance, and welcome to My Imaginary Friends, a look behind the scenes of an author mapping the worlds in my head and making them a reality. Hello, friends. Today is Saturday, May 28th, 2022, and this is episode 172 of My Imaginary Friends. I'm Leslie. So this week's best thing is that I am getting character art done for the characters of my upcoming book, The Monsters We Defy. It is my heist novel, my 1925 fantasy heist, and so there's a team of five people, and I had always wanted to do character art, and then, you know, the past few months have been a little bit busy, a lot busy. And it was on my radar, but it wasn't on my priority list. And then I was like, oh, the book is coming out in just over two months. Do I even have time to get this done? So this week I prioritized it. I'm like, well, let me actually see if if I can find someone who can do it in the time allotted to do the art in time that I can print up something and give it away for my pre-order campaign. Because I was getting the pre-order campaign details ready. Um you know, the bookstore, you can pre-order a signed copy from a bookstore in DC, Loyalty Books. And I wanted to be able to like announce that and announce the swag. But I realized I had no art. So I was looking for artists on um, Instagram, mostly. And, you know, I'd saved a bunch of artists. I was trying to find a black artist, but I really just wanted to find someone whose style I really liked and who was available. Because a lot of the really good character artists their commissions are closed. They're busy or they just, you know, for whatever reason, they don't want to be open to commissions. So in their bios, usually they'll say commissions open, commissions closed. And uh, so I was making a list of people whose styles I kind of liked, but the people that I found whose commissions were listed as open, I didn't love the styles. And everyone I loved was closed. So I found an artist on Instagram who didn't have any information about their commissions. And I was like, well, I can DM them and see. They're so good. They're probably not open at all. Like they're probably way too busy or they're doing something else. But there's no harm in DMing them to find out. So this was a woman in France. I DM'd her and she was available and she was affordable and she could do it quickly. And I was like, is this real life? So then I had to like write up the character descriptions. I created a document with the um, inspiration photos for my characters because I actually do have photos of actors and models for all five characters in The Monsters We Defy. And then I just wrote down like name, age, skin, hair, eye color, clothing, poses, attitude, personality. I made a document. I sent it to her Thursday night. Um, Like I said, she's in France, so there's a time difference there. Friday morning, I was in a meeting. I, an email pops up on my phone with the sketches of the characters already. For, fortunately, I was in a, my mastermind with my friends. So it wasn't like a, bus, well, it was a business meeting, but not like a business client meeting. And I was like, oh, I have sketches. So they were like, share, share your screen. And I almost cried. I was like, this is amazing. Like, I kind of always wanted to do character art for Earthsinger Chronicles, but I never got around to it. I never did. I was, I did other swag and I just, I don't know, I don't have have good reason, but um, the the act of finding an artist and commissioning it just seemed a little overwhelming. Now, I did have character art done for one of the characters because I won a contest from Nicole Deal. It was an amazing character artist. She did Zelly. I will um, link to that in the show notes and to her, but her commissions are closed until like next year or something like that, or else I would have totally gone back to her because I love her style as well. But this woman, I'll link to her Instagram as well, who's doing the character art. 
is just fantastic. And I love her style too. And she's so fast. The, just like the, the basic sketch of all five of them together, posed, the expressions on their faces just in the sketch were so perfect. Like they so matched the characters. Like they came alive to me in this sketch, not even drawn, not even colored or anything. And I was just moved. I was just like, I cannot believe this. This is amazing. So I only had minor tweaks about the outfits to give back. And then this morning, so a day later, I get the sketches and the tweaks are there and it's perfect. And she's off to the races, you know, to to um, clean up the sketches and then color it in. And I'm sure it'll be done next week. And <laughs> it's just like so amazing. And I didn't expect to be like moved by seeing a visual representation of these characters that have lived in my heads. And the fact that, you know, I described the personality and kind of the expressions that they would have. And she did what I asked. And then just to see how that worked in real life, like on the physical medium of art, it just really, it touched me so much. And um, Now I'm thinking I need to re- read the book again, because it's been a few months since I've read it. Refamiliarize myself with my characters, because sometimes I'm like, I was writing the the worksheet for her, and I was like, okay, how old is this person? And I, I have it all written down, but uh, I just, I realized I've forgotten so much, because I've been working on other projects, and it's been a minute. So I want to reread the manuscript and pull out some quotes I can use for promo and graphics and things like that. The other big news is that The Monsters We Defy got a starred review in Publishers Weekly. They had really nice things to say about it. Um, Totally amazing to get a starred review. And yeah, I was kind of blown away by that as well. So I'm having high hopes about the reactions for this book. You know, whenever I would tell someone, oh, I'm working on this 1925 fantasy heist, their eyes would get big and wide. And they'd be like, when can I read that? And so I feel like, you know, it was a good idea. But then, of course, there's the execution and all of that. And to start getting in early reviews that are positive, that people got what I was going for and uh, are enjoying it is so helpful, especially right now as I'm struggling with the next book. Speaking of the next book, my writing update, I'm back on track, sort of. I threw away the 20,000 words that I had written of the first draft of this Black Towns book. And then this week, I had a burst of inspiration. I woke up, I went to the bathroom, I had my phone with me, and the words started coming. And I was typing on my phone, like paragraphs of text. The character's voice came to me. And so I had to like, quickly, I was going to take a shower that day because it it was, it was the day for a shower, but showers didn't happen because I was just, I was writing. And then I took a break. I went to go make breakfast and then more words were coming. Like I had already written a thousand words before I took the break and I had to run upstairs and get my free write traveler, my little writing machine and write while I was eating. Well, I had to finish cooking breakfast and then I was at the table. I was eating. I was typing. I typed another 3000 words. Like it just started to flow those first couple of chapters because I heard the voice of the character. Switching to first person, I think, helped a lot. And so, yeah, I got, I think I got 6,000 words this week before I hit another stumbling block, where which is, okay, I've got this. I've got the beginning. I actually cleaned it up. Normally, I don't, you know, normally I fast draft. So I write it as fast as possible. I don't reread it. I don't clean it. But in this case, where I felt like I really needed to be grounded in the beginning and 
have a better idea of specifically for voice, because the voice came to me kind of specifically, I wanted to refine that. And also the order of information and how she is relaying what's happening. I thought that was important. So I did spend a couple of days redoing, cleaning, revising these first couple of chapters. Again, not something I normally do until they were clean and and I felt like they were relatively polished. Like I don't want to do super polished because I still might change things and have things to add. But I did feel like at this point, you know, when the initial fast draft sort of failed me and the, the path I was going down turned out not to feel right. This feels right, actually cleaning these chapters. I don't know if that's the way forward. Usually me trying to write polished prose before I've gotten to the end is a mistake. It has always been a mistake. But the thing is that the process can change and each book is its own thing. And I know I've thought that in the past and I've tried it in the past. And in the past, it's always been a mistake. Like I've done this before, I've tried it. So I don't know if it will be a mistake this time is my point. I'm kind of playing everything by ear. So I got those words, they felt good. They came out smoothly. It was just a rush. And then it was like, okay, what's next? And I, I, I started, because um, even in with the polished words, I always fast draft first. It's just a matter of, am I fast drafting everything first? Or am I fast drafting? fast drafting a scene, then revising and polishing the scene, and then moving to the next scene, fast draft, revise, polish. So I got to a point where I I started the next scene a couple of different ways, and had a few different ideas for how it could go. I'm beyond my outline and beyond my structure right now. And so the the last day or two has been kind of reviewing what I have. I actually sent it to my critique partners this morning, the first two chapters, just to get a sanity check to see, okay, is this working at all? Are you confused? It's fairly dense. And by dense, like this is going to be probably a hundred thousand word novel. When I write a short story or even like the interstitials, like Monsters We Defy has these sort of self-contained little interstitial stories peppered through the book that are dense like flash fiction, short story dense, where I'm packing a lot into a short period of time. And some of that is style and and voice and all of that. This character's voice came to me fairly dense. And so maybe it starts that way and it evens out over the course of the book. Or is she just that way the entire book where it feels like I'm packing in a lot of a lot into each line of prose? It's, it's one of those things where you can't skip a line because she's telling you things without telling you things and every line is actually important. Like, hopefully you're not skipping lines anyway, but I do a lot of skimming when I read because I do feel like there are many authors out there who are giving you excess information and things that I'm just trying to find out what happens. I want the plot. I want the emotions and I skim descriptions a lot. Um, I'm not overly interested in descriptions. So yeah, in this one that I'm writing, it it feels dense and I just needed a sanity check to say, okay, is this, is your head spinning? Is this too much? Because this is how the character is sounding to me. And then when I was rereading it today, I was like, oh, I had written a third chapter and I was like, that's not the next thing. That happens after the next thing. The next thing is, and I just started brainstorming um, what the scene could be. So I'm kind of in that stage where like, okay, I had a this torrent of inspiration. And now it's still churning, but I'm not exactly sure which step to take because there's multiple steps. I know 
I still know the bigger story. The bigger story still hasn't changed. It's just the really the nitty gritty mechanics of cause and effect, you know, which scenes happen next, which actions happen next. And the whole point of this was to give my character more agency, which she definitely has now. She's definitely more active. She has a firm goal that she's trying to accomplish. But at the same time, it's the beginning of the book. So I'm introducing things. I, I am describing the place and the characters and you're learning about these relationships. And so part of it is that juggling act between my drive to move the plot forward. Like I'm always very laser focused on that cause and effect relationship of the plot moving forward. And, you know, this leads to this leads to this. But in this book, you have to get to know the town. You have to get to know some of the people. And my my drive, my forward motion on plot is because I am often bored by descriptions and introductions, not relationships, but it's all such a juggling act in, in terms of making it interesting, in terms of making it something that um, that makes the reader want to keep turning the pages. And I don't want it to feel like I'm having an aside where we describe all of these things. You know, there there have to be those moments of exposition, but they should have some tension within them too. And the order that you tell people things, this kind of backstory I don't want to call it backstory, but exposition, I guess you would say. It's a juggling act that I am currently in. So yeah, that's, that is the update. I'm feeling good about it. I just, there's so many decisions that have to be made. Some of it is actually just rereading what I've written. And like that thing that happened today, because I was rereading it, that helped me figure out what happened next. So this book is kind of blowing up my process, my normal process in interesting and frustrating ways. Um, it might be a thing where I have to write fairly polished prose as I'm going along in order to know what happens next, in order to just feel those emotions of the characters. That's not usually the case. But in the situation where I know where I'm going, you know, like I'm still headed towards that that point where we head into this fantastical world. Um, the overarching plot is always the same. It's just, yeah, maybe maybe in the beginning, maybe this first half, I'll have to do this process where I'm not really fast drafting the whole thing. I'm doing it more polished. And then maybe I will get to a point where the normal process will kick in. I honestly have no idea right now. I am learning as I go, like relearning how to write with every book, which... It's just what happens. Like every single book is different and it requires something different of you. And I'm willing to be flexible. I'm also willing to make mistakes and, and fix them because that's often what it takes. You learn from the things that didn't work in addition to the, the things that did work. So kind of combining it all together and, and keeping tabs on how I'm feeling about it. And, uh, but also I, I'm at a point where I think I do need that feedback from my critique partners. Uh, often early in the book is not a good time for feedback. You don't want someone else intruding into the process before you have a good idea of what it is. But at the same time, um, when I get stuck and when I'm sort of flailing, which I still feel like I'm a little bit flailing, having a second set of eyes to say, okay, no, I understand this. This is on the right track. This feels okay. Or... I have no idea what's happening here. Like, what is going on? 
that information would be good for me to have right now. So I am looking forward to that feedback. I'm also continuing to work on my author brand. I'm still going through these modules of this class that I'm taking, which is specifically on author branding and audience building. And so I did venture into Goodreads and I filtered the reviews for uh, Song of Blood and Stone. And I think Requiem of Silence, I did book one and book four of the series. You can filter reviews so you're only looking at five-star reviews because I normally cannot read my reviews, especially when I'm writing something new and struggling with it. To read people who didn't like what I wrote before would be not helpful. And, you know, reviews aren't really for authors. I think there is something that can be gleaned from it uh, critique-wise, but reviews are not critiques, and they shouldn't take them as critiques. Uh, they're good for marketing purposes. And, and I know that bad reviews sell books. Like, I buy books after reading a two-star review because I'm intrigued, Right. But as it, you know, coming from the creative process, I just couldn't handle, <laughs> like, don't nobody give me no bad news. But for research purposes, for marketing, I was looking at the positive reviews to see if I could pull out um, comps, like other books and authors that people have said my books reminded them of, and also terminology, words, ideas of what people are saying about kind of my style as a writer what I was bringing to those books and trying to distill from that some information about what is my brand. Like I can think it's one thing, but I think it's important to know what readers think. I'm still planning to do a survey of my newsletter. Um, Hopefully I can get that together this coming week when I'll be on a writing retreat and just kind of focused entirely as much as possible (laughs) on both writing and then this sort of marketing branding exercise that I want to spend time doing and haven't been giving enough time to. And I still do want to do like a Zoom with some readers and just talk to them about things. Um, But I haven't gotten that far yet. So all still in progress, even as everything else is in progress. And, you know, even though this week is going to be a writing retreat, I'm self-employed. I still have to check my work email. I have told some clients that I'm going to be out And I might not check every day, but at least every other day to make sure nothing has exploded. Nothing has, no site has gone down and needs to be repaired. So that is the plan for that. In recommendations, I finished Severance, the TV show. I think I mentioned that I was wondering whether it was going to have a satisfying ending. And my brother carefully did not tell me that it was going to be a satisfying ending. I did enjoy the finale. I really did. So if you haven't watched the show, I really liked it. It's amazing television. They're doing really, really cool things with the characters. I still, I love the production design, but I I do the character work over the course of, I think it was nine episodes to see them change and grow and be, and oh, it's really good. The finale, I will just say is a cliffhanger. It is a dirty, dirty cliffhanger. It is, it was like perfectly done. I give them props for that at the same time. You're going to be like at the edge of your seat. So be prepared. Another movie that my husband had to drag me kicking and screaming to see because I did not want to see it. Top Gun Maverick was amazing. We'd rewatched the original Top Gun a few months ago. And I'm like, this is barely a movie. Like there is no story. It's kind of irritating. I mean, I don't get why it's such a classic. This movie, Top Gun Maverick, is a real movie. So it's got the nostalgia elements. It's got some character stuff that I thought was well done. 
I was moved by it. There, it, it, it's a, it's great. I loved it. I did not want to see it. I would see it again. So, yeah. And we're also watching uh, the new Kenobi show on uh, Disney Plus. Only the have watched the first episode yesterday. I know the first two are out as I record this. The first episode is pretty meh. I am not impressed. Um, I mean, I'm sure I'll keep watching it just because I I'm a completionist. Although I still have not finished Moon Knight. But uh, maybe the second one will, will be better. I'm I'm just I was like, eh, not feeling it. And that is it for me for this week. My goals for the coming week: get lots of words written, get lots of branding, marketing stuff done. I know my goals when I do these things are always way bigger than what is possible to be accomplished, but I still have high hopes. Monsters Be Defy comes out. I should count the weeks to start, start a countdown, but um. Pre-order, you can pre-order a signed paperback with swag pack from Loyalty Books. I will put the link in the show notes. And uh, I'm designing the swag. There's going to be bookmarks, there'll be stickers, there'll be character art of some kind. I can't decide if I'm going to do a postcard type thing or individual character cards, which I've done before, and they're kind of a pain, but I still like them. So we'll see. I might do, um, I have a newsletter coming out this week. I might actually do a poll in my newsletter about that see what people say and in the Facebook group. So yeah, look out for that. So yeah, I hope that you have a great week and I will talk to you next week. For episode show notes and to sign up for the Footnotes newsletter and get the show notes in your inbox, go to myimaginaryfriendsshow.com. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and you can watch the video episodes on YouTube. Email me at podcast at lpenelope.com. I would really appreciate a rating or review and a comment on either the website or the YouTube. And My Imaginary Friends is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. For more fantastic podcasts, go to frolic.podcast. Go to frolic.media slash podcast.